Hey, hey, Entertainmently You community. For the next few episodes, we're going to be focusing on moms and motherhood. With Mother's Day coming up, we thought that this would be the perfect time to celebrate our amazing moms in the Unashamedly You community. And if you're not a mom yet, don't worry. These podcasts have so many nuggets to glean from that we know you're going to want to stick around. Welcome to the Unashamedly You podcast, a space to enlighten, encourage, and empower you to go out and unashamedly be who God is calling you to be. I am your host, Jamie Herndon. I pray you hear less of me and more of him as you listen to today's episode. Let's grow together. Before we dive into today's podcast, I have a very exciting announcement that you guys have been waiting on. So for the month of April, we made our Share to Social giveaway a ticket for one amazing lady and a plus one of her choice to bring along to the Unashamedly You conference happening this September 23rd. So, so many of you have entered and I want to say a great big thank you. Honestly, your encouragement, your shares are what keep me going every single week. I feel so humbled and honored that many of you are listening. And it's just one thing when God drops something in your heart to do, but then when he proves himself faithful by allowing it to be an encouragement to so many of you wonderful people, wow, God is just so good and you guys are so awesome. So we went through, we made sure to count up every single share. We've put your names in a drawing and the random app generator has generated us a winner and I cannot wait to share that. So get ready. It may be you. The winner is Camber Robinson. Camber, we cannot wait to hug your neck in September. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited that you've won. DM us and we're going to send you over the details to get your ticket. Now, if you didn't win, don't worry. We actually have a promo code for all of you listening to this podcast. This promo code is going to only be announced here, and it's actually going to expire on May the 4th. So you have one full week to use it. Use promo code UYPODCAST, U-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T for 20 5% off of your ticket. This isn't going to happen again. It's going to end next Thursday at midnight. So use it fast. Thank you guys so much for entering. I love you all. You're the best. So I could not be more excited to bring to you guys the very first conference speaker that we had for the first Unashamedly You conference last year. She absolutely blew me away, honestly, with her love for God, her love for people. You could just feel it by being around her. She's such a light and encouragement to every single one of us daily with the songs that she writes. She has such anointing with her songs and the words that are inspired by God through prayer. You can just feel it by listening to her. She has blessed me personally so many times, and I'm honored she would be on here today. And what better mom to start us off for the Mother's Day series for Mother's Day that is coming up and that we'll be celebrating here in a few weeks. So Brittany Scott, thank you so much for being on here with us and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more about that Brittany Scott that we all have on our Spotify and Apple playlist and that we love to listen to on the daily. Introduce yourself to us. Hey everyone, I am Brittany Scott, as was just mentioned. My husband and I are church planners in Seattle, Washington. I've been married to Ryan Scott. This will be our, July will be 16 years and uh, we have two little girls. I am a songwriter and worship leader. And just, of course, if you know anything about church planning or being involved in ministry, involved in whatever needs to be done. (laughs) kind of person. So I, I love anything that's creative, anything that has to do with community, working with other people to do, you know, crazy and cool things. So I'm super excited and honored to be on the podcast. And I love what Jamie is doing with Unashamedly You. I got to be a part of her first live conference, which was so fun. And if you haven't yet, you definitely need to register and go if there are still tickets available, because you will not regret it. 
but thank you so much for having me on the podcast. So delighted to have you on you guys. If you were at the first unashamedly you conference, then you know what a treat that you are in listening to Brittany today, because wow, last year was so amazing. And I'm so glad that she was able to be there for our first one. It was incredible. But Brittany, life is currently really busy for you. So you went from being married and having no children to having a baby. And then now you've got two babies under two. So your story, it hadn't always been like this. It hasn't always been this crazy. Can you tell us how your family went from two to four in a very unexpected way? We want to hear the story. Yes. So um, as I just mentioned, my husband and I have been married for almost 16 years And during the first, you know, probably eight-ish years, um, we were just involved in ministry and uh, we worked at a couple different churches and youth ministry and music ministry. And we were just kind of focused on our relationship and pursuing whatever it is that God wanted us to do. Throughout that time, we realized that it didn't look like we were going to be able to have children naturally. And I am a little bit different when it comes to stuff like this, because I don't know, for some reason, (laughs) I don't know if you just call it the Lord kind of preparing you, but I knew even going into marriage that, you know, not everybody has a family easily. And then that could be a very real possibility for us. So it wasn't necessarily a shock so to speak. It was just like one of those things that, you know, this is hard for some couples and it looks like that might be the case for us. And I know a lot of women who struggle with infertility that can be really heartbreaking and crushing, but for us, we were happily married. I loved the way our life looked. I loved our relationship. And instead of trying to pursue all of the reasons why um, our family might not be growing, we just decided you know, to trust God and to work and enjoy the seasons that we were in, knowing that ultimately our life, our family was in his hands. And all throughout the scriptures, we know that God opens and closes the womb. And we see that over and over again. So I just decided early on, I'm just going to trust God. If he wants to, you know, allow us to have children naturally, he will. And if not, then, you know, so be it. But we did both believe that God was going to add to our family in some way. We moved out to Seattle. It's been, oh goodness, it's been 10 years ago now (laughs) to start a church. And after we came out here, my husband's uncle actually came to visit and he brought a book. He's also our pastor. So he, he just brought a book that he enjoyed that he gave to other young people. And it's called Kisses from Katie. And it's about a young lady who, for her senior trip, she decided to go to an African country. And she just fell in love with the people and saw the need there. And so instead of going to college, she decided to go back. And as a single young lady, she opened her home to all of these young girls that were orphaned and did not have a place to go and eventually adopted several of them. I think, I don't even know how many children she claims now because she's been doing this for a long time. She did end up getting married down the road, but it was after she'd already adopted multiple girls. And it just really stirred my heart. Adoption is a part of our family. I've got several cousins that have been adopted. So it wasn't a new thing, but it did cause me to stop and think, um, this is something that we could do. We could open our home and let God grow our family in this way. And so I gave the book to my husband (laughs) and I was like, you need to read this. And so he did. And then we talked about, you know, just, is this something we feel like God is wanting us to do? And we both felt strongly that we wanted to adopt, whether we had children biologically or not, which is another thing that I think really just helped us on our journey is that we knew if God wants to add to our family naturally he can but either way we feel like this is a road that we need to you know go down so we told our families over the holidays that hey this is something we've decided to do and about 5 years in <laughs> after we made this decision there was a few opportunities that presented themselves throughout that 5 years that just either fell through for whatever reason And so we're about five years into that um, adoption journey, so to speak. We finally get into a place that we have the extra room so that we can do a home study, which is where, you know, someone comes in and make sure that, 
not only is your home ready, but that financially and mentally and physically that they can recommend you to take care of a child. So we got into a place where we could do that. And then again, just the weight, the weight. There is so much waiting, especially when you plan to adopt. It's crazy because you wait and wait and wait. And then it seems like things kind of happen suddenly. (laughs) Um, And that's really what happened with us. We were waiting, waiting, waiting. We had a lot of different opportunities presenting themselves, but nothing either felt right or, you know, went any further than just being an opportunity presented. Well, in 2020, we got a phone call that an expectant mom had chosen our family to adopt her little girl that was due in September of that year. So we, uh, of course, got super excited and and ready to go. And um, throughout that time leading up to this, we had done a few things, just stepping out in faith to show God we're ready whenever you are. And one of those things was we bought a a car seat stroller. It's the Duna. So I never know what to call it because it's a car seat and stroller in one. And it's like the best thing that we purchased, (laughs) the best investment, especially if you travel, because it's just so easy to get in and out of any vehicle and, you know, get in and out of the airports, all of that. It's great. Anyway, so we invested in that as kind of a stepping out in faith thing, believing if we bought this, that God had promised he was going to fill this car seat. So when we got the call, we started getting everything ready. We got our our faith car seat stroller out and ready to go. And we got the call in September that that birth mom had gone into labor. So we flew from Seattle all the way to Florida with our little faith stroller. (laughs) And I am an extrovert. So, you know, I like when I'm excited about something, I want everybody to be excited with me. And so we were pushing that stroller through first the lobby of our building. And of course it's empty and we're taking it out to the Uber to go to the airport. And I'm wanting everybody to notice the concierge at our the desk, you know, it's like, look, we're pushing our empty stroller. <laughs> There's no baby in it, but we're on our way to get a baby because God promised that he was going to fill this car seat or this stroller. And so we, uh, you know, loaded up, got to the airport, same thing, unload this, this stroller and we're pushing it through the airport. And of course people do notice, you know, you get the comments of like, oh, it looks like you forgot something <laughs> like, oh no, where's the baby? But it was so exciting because I just was so full of faith and so excited for what God was going to do. And we just knew like everything's about to change. Our lives are about to change. We're going with this empty face stroller. But when we come back, there's going to be a baby in it. And, you know, our lives are never going to look the same because as the song says, a baby changes everything. And as everybody else says, too. And they're right, because the baby does change everything. <laughs> um, so we uh, we get to Florida and we get checked into our hotel. And we're just ready. The baby arrived and she was in the hospital. She needed a NICU stay because of exposure, which unfortunately is the case in a lot of adoption situations. There's some type of, you know, substance abuse that's happening, which is leading that, you know, birth family to choose adoption. It's not always the case, but it is the case in a lot of situations. So we knew to expect that. And of course, baby was needing that time to detox and we're waiting and waiting. And her birth mom just, she was like, I I can't leave her in the hospital. I can't leave her in the hospital like this. And so we couldn't go until they discharged her from the hospital. So we're like, okay, you know, whenever she's ready, she'll let us know. And, and then we'll get to go down and meet her. So we waited and waited several days. (laughs) It was two or three days in when we finally got a phone call from the attorney saying birth mom has changed her mind. And of course we were devastated for her sake. I'm glad that she felt like she could make the decision to parents and hopefully made some changes and stuff in her life that led to her being the parent that she needed to be. And I really truly believe, I know that there are situations where, um, people lead families on in order to get, you know, resources or financial aid. And then they never intended to place for adoption. That does happen, unfortunately. But I truly believe that that was not the case here. We met 
via Zoom. <laughs> we met the birth parents and talked to them a couple times and interacted through the agency that they were using. And I think just when it came down to it, you know, she just realized I I just cannot go through with this. And she even had told our our attorney that she was wanting to call us and tell us and our attorney was like, uh, no, <laughs> I will pass on the news. You know, you're not going to call and tell them yourself. That's probably not a smart thing to do. So I do believe that she had intended to go through with it and just, just couldn't. But like I said, we were of course devastated because we were coming so full of faith, believing we're going home with a baby in this stroller and that, you know, God is going to fill this, this faith stroller that we purchased. And when we get home, everything's going to change and nothing changed. Instead, we came home empty and we had to push that same empty stroller back through the airport with people noticing. We passed a family and a little girl's like, there's no baby in there, you know? And on the way back, the, that felt way worse than going on the way there. It was exciting. Like, yes, notice this empty stroller on the way back. It was like, please, nobody notice the empty stroller. And I just remember walking back into our house, realizing, you know, that nothing was changing. And, and here we are just going back to the way things were. And we were so excited and expectant for the future. And I just pushed that stroller into our house and into the room that we had set up as a nursery and pulled the door closed. And I think it was harder coming home and walking into the house, you know, like that. Just nothing changed. Everything was going to stay the same. And it wasn't that the same was bad. We were happy and content in our marriage. It's just that we were so expectant for the future. And like I said, full of faith because we believed that God, you know, was going to come through. And he always does. He just didn't happen right then. And uh, it was crazy because during that time leading up to the um, failed adoption, I'd been working on some new music and was getting ready to release a song like probably less than a month um, after we got home. And as I was working on promo stuff for it, the words just really smacked me right in the face <laughs> because God knew that I was going to need it. And at the time that we had written it and were working on it, it was just a fun song that I loved and I loved the message of. And then coming home from that to release it, the words of the song literally said, you never break a promise, you never will. You never break a promise, you never fail. No one like you, faithful and true, you are God and you are honest, you never break a promise. And it was exactly what I needed. And especially knowing that God knew I needed it before I got there, I had already written it and recorded it and was get, going to release it after we came home from that experience that could have easily turned into bitterness or resentment or, you know, a lack of faith in God that he was going to come through on what he said. And instead, my own words came back <laughs> to remind me that he's still a promise keeper. He's still a promise keeper. I came home and even though this stroller is empty, it does not change who he is. He's still faithful and true and he's still honest. And he, if he said it, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And so we move into, you know, this next season again of waiting and just wondering, okay, God, what are you going to do? What's going to come out of this? And of course, in our own, you know, humanity, we tried to arrange things in our mind to make it good. So it's like, okay, we needed to go through this so that that particular lawyer would, you know, call us back because she's going to be connected to somebody. And like, I was just trying to like find a way to make all of the pieces fit together in a way that looked good and felt good. And nothing, of course, that I imagined or came up with happened. <laughs> and so we go almost a year and nothing still nothing. And I thought for sure, man, this is going to be like, there's going to be something quick that happens. It's going to, you know, be within a few months and we're going to have a baby. And that didn't happen. So we just kept waiting. And there were days when I was full of faith. And I try to remind people of this side of things because sometimes they hear this story when I share it and think, wow, you had so much faith. You were so strong or you were so this or that. And I know because I've done that to other people when I hear their stories as well. But the truth of the matter is there were days where I felt like I had faith. Okay, 
you know, we, we're going to keep moving forward. God's going to come through. I'm feeling good emotionally, mentally, I'm feeling good. And then two days later, I would find myself so discouraged and just not understanding. And just all I had were tears, you know, and just heartache to pour out before God, because I didn't understand why that had to happen and why nothing was coming from it. Like, where is the good in this? Where's that you're working all things together for our good, you know, moment. It, it's not here. It's not coming. Is it going to come? So for all the, all of the days that I felt like I was on the mountaintop and like, okay, we're just moving forward. God's going to come through. There were an equal amount of days where I did not feel like that at all. And you would look at me and say, where's your faith? And to God, it didn't matter one day or the other. It didn't matter when I was full of faith and on the mountaintop, he was still there. When I wasn't, he was still there to wrap his arms around me and to let me pour my heart and my discouragement out to him. The pain, the grief, we were grieving, literally grieving. Um, I was telling another friend who recently walked through a situation similar because she was saying, I just don't think people understand really how we're feeling. And I said, that's because you're grieving the loss of what you thought was going to happen. And people don't usually connect that. They just think, well, you didn't even hold that baby. How can you miss something that you didn't have? Well, you're, you're grieving what you thought would be. And you have to go through all of those same stages of grief. Grief doesn't just come from losing just a loved one. You can grieve the loss of so many things in your life, the loss of friendships, the loss of a job, the loss of a home the loss of a community when you have to move or leave there's grief can show up in so many different areas. Um, we don't always think of it that way. We just think of it as a loss of, you know, a loved one or something like that. But even in those moments of grief, like God sat down with me, even when I felt like my faith was at the very bottom, <laughs> um, where I had nothing at all, he was still there and just as willing to come and meet me in those moments. And that really helped and taught me so much just about, I guess, his love and the fact that it's okay to be discouraged. Like all of the emotions that we have and that we experience, God created them. So we shouldn't only think that the good, what we would label as a good emotion, that those are the only acceptable things. I think we need to accept the fact that sometimes that sorrow, that grief, all of those things, God still created that in us. And it's okay to go through that. We need to go through it. We need to make sure that we are processing those things, that, that we're just doing it with him. And he always meets us in those moments as well. And I'm so thankful for that. So good, because it seems like in those moments of life, that's whenever God can really show his strength to us. Yes. It's in those moments of weakness that we need his strength. We need his help. And when we know we, God, I can't go another second without you. I can't go another day without your help doing this. And he shows up. We realize how mighty he really is. Absolutely. And talking about this is reminding me of that. And also talking about the grief of, you know, through adoption process, it's the same as an expectant mother that would lose, you know, a miscarriage and have to come home and have all those same feelings. It's reminds me of the same thing. It would feel the same exact way of you're expecting this baby, whether you're expecting it in your own stomach or you're expecting it, you know, to come from someone else or something else, it's expectance and you're yeah. expecting it. And whenever you lose it, then you still have to go through those grief of, of that loss. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, it's important to let yourself, like you shouldn't, feel like, well, if I am grieving, then that just means I'm not believing or I'm not having faith that, that God's going to, you know, do something miraculous. Like you can have both. <laughs> you can have grief and discouragement and still say in the middle of that, I choose to believe that you're going to come through God. And that's, I think what it comes down to, like to get through anything in life, you have to make up your mind that whatever comes my way, today, tomorrow, I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep living for God. And I think that's what drew God to David so much. It's like with all of the mistakes and stuff that he made, the thing about David was that when his mistakes were brought to him or when he went through anything, um, he was going to make the decision 
to say, God, forgive me, or I'm going to get up and I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep living for God. And that's really what we have to do. We've got to determine in our hearts that even whatever God brings our way, even if it's the worst thing I can even imagine the next day, I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep doing what's right. And I'm going to keep living for God. I'm just going to keep taking it one step at a time and, and keep going. I'm not giving up. I'm not turning around. And really that's just something I had made up as a young person. And you have to make up your mind before the, the trial, before the, the dark season, whatever it is comes your way. Because if you aren't determined when it's good, then you're going to find yourself shaken when it's not. And let me guarantee you that there are going to be seasons that come that do not feel good. It's just life. And sometimes it's God taking us through things because he's creating a testimony or a story in us. Sometimes it is the enemy and sometimes it is simply life that we all experience. But whatever comes, we've just got to be determined before the dark times come, before the bad season or the trial or whatever, I am going to live for God and I'm just going to keep doing what I know to do. And thankfully, because of that, you know, he has sustained us through a lot of things. And I know that there are a lot of people listening that have that same story and that same testimony that they've made up their mind and God has seen them through so much. He has been faithful even through, even through all of that, even through, like I said, days of high faith and days of sorrow, he was still faithful um, to show up. So we just kept waiting and waiting. And um, the following year, uh, I decided to do a tour with several other apostolic artists called the Battle Cry Tour. And I knew that I was going to sing Never Break a Promise. I just, like, I knew that was one of the songs that needed to be in there. And so, of course, again, going back to our humanity, when we try to work everything out for our good ourselves, <laughs> we try to come up with our own story of what would be awesome and somehow think that that we can do a better job than God. I don't know why we do that, but we do. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, okay, God, here's the deal. I know you want me to sing this song on tour. So, you know, to make it super awesome, wouldn't it be great if before tour you gave us our baby? And then as we're standing, you know, I'm standing up there telling the story because I knew that I needed to share the testimony of coming home empty and being reminded that God is still a promise keeper. Like if I, I share that testimony before I sing, then I can be like, look and, you know, bring that baby up and say, God is still a promise keeper. Uh, he did it. Yay. Let's all celebrate and be excited and happy because the song is pretty joyous. It's, it's an upbeat, fun song. So I was like, okay, that's the plan, God, right? We're on the same page, right? <laughs> no, we were not on the same page. <laughs> My amazing story that I thought would just be, you know, the best did not happen. So we got closer and closer to tour and I'm like, God, okay, there's still no baby. So obviously you didn't get the memo and I don't know what I'm going to do on tour telling the story. Like there's no quote unquote happy ending. And God said, I want you to tell the story. And at the end, I want you to tell people, even though I am still standing here empty, my stroller's still empty. I still don't have the promise. It doesn't change who I am. It does not change who he is. He's still a promise keeper. And so I said, okay, if that's what you want me to do, that's what I'll do. And I did not expect it to touch people as much as it did because it was actually better for people to see someone who was in the same place that they were still declaring that God is a promise keeper. So instead of seeing someone who had received their promise and them standing there empty going, okay, you have your promise. Of course, it's easy to say that. They saw that someone that was standing there with empty arms saying, I don't have my promise, but God is still a promise keeper. And that was something that they could relate to. And I had multiple people and, and pastor's wives as well say, you know, we've got people that are dealing with infertility or waiting on a promise and you have no idea what an encouragement that was. And so. I thought by the end of tour, okay, God, if this is the good that came out of it, if it was a blessing to your people and to your church, then so be it. If that's all that I see out of it, then that is still good. And I can be okay with that because, you know, if we truly tell God that you can use me however you want, then I have to be okay with letting him 
use my pain the way he wants to, even if it doesn't look the way I would like him to. So I, I thought, okay, I'm finally starting to see good come out of this, at least through that testimony, making an impact on the lives of your people. Little did I know that he had a greater story in mind for me. It wasn't just to bless others, but he still had me on his mind and my family. So the second to last night of tour, we were in Tennessee and we, you know, went through the whole thing, shared the testimony, sang the song and got done Friday night, moved on to Ohio where we had the last night of tour and um, I have family there. So we stayed an extra couple nights with family and we'd been gone for a week. So we get up on Tuesday morning to fly home and I had a couple missed calls, <laughs> but I had a call from the pastor's wife in the church that we were at in Tennessee. And uh, she said, you are not going to believe this, but we have pastored this church for like, I think it's like 30 years or more, somewhere around that. And this has never happened, but you just came through, you shared your testimony, you sang your song. And last night we got a phone call that there is a lady connected to our church that just had a baby last night. <laughs> this is on Tuesday. So Monday night. Um, and she is looking for a family. And of course you're the first person we thought of because you literally were here sharing your testimony. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like I was so shocked, which is funny. I shouldn't have been, but I was. <laughs> and so I was like, let me call my husband. He wasn't with me. He was at home in Seattle and we were getting on an airplane to come back to Seattle, my, me, my mom, and my sister. So I was like, let me call him. And then I will let you know what we decide to do. We have been very careful not to just say yes to any opportunity because we knew that, you know, we, we want it to be the right thing. So as much as we want a baby, that doesn't mean that we say yes, as soon as somebody asks, because if it's not the right thing, then you know, we're not doing ourselves or that child any favors. <laughs> so um, I called him and was like, here's the situation. I'm getting on an airplane right now. My layover is in Detroit. When I get there, we have to have a decision made because if we're doing this, I'm changing my tickets. I'm not coming home. <laughs> I'm going and getting that baby. <laughs> so by the time we landed, uh, we made the decision to say yes and just see what happened. So we ended up changing our tickets and we got like $1,500 worth of ticket changes for free from Delta when they found out the reason we were going and a bunch of other crazy stuff happened that was just miracles really. <laughs> and so we got there and um, I got to walk into the hospital room and my daughter, Asha, was handed to me by her birth mom um, less than 24 hours after she was born. And it was just so crazy to look at how God worked all of that out for our good. And that his story ended up being beyond what I could have ever imagined. Because now not only did he use all of that and use the testimony to bring her into my life, if we hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't have had the testimony that actually brought her to us. But here we are, you know, we're holding her and a friend that lived in the same town she was born in, uh, he had all this footage from tour cause he went with us and he said, I want to make a video sharing this testimony. So we were able to make a video there, um, sharing her testimony that ended up impacting even more people and just seeing how far her story has reached even the nurses in the hospital. Like we were there for five days because she was also exposed to substances. So we had to stay for observation. Thankfully she did great and continues to do great, but um, the nurses would come into our room and be like, okay, we heard that there's a story. What's like, tell me the story. We had nurses standing in our room crying as we're talking about the faithfulness of God. And then he's a promise keeper and what, you know, he did through, you know, for her and through her and for our family. So that's how we added our first little girl. She just came in with quite an exciting story. <laughs> wow. I'm over here crying. I still cry <laughs> at her story. But one thing, whenever you were sharing this, that I couldn't help but think was, what if you wouldn't have obeyed God? Yeah. What if when he asked you to tell that testimony, you're like, Lord, this isn't a testimony yet. 
Like you haven't performed a miracle. You haven't done what you've said you were going to do. You haven't filled the stroller. So when you do this, then I'll do a lot of times we give God an ultimatum. We're like, you do this and we'll do this. Or, you know, if once this is done, then I'll share. Or once I'm this person, then I'll do what God's asking me to do instead of no, he asked you to do it. And you did it. When you were sharing this, I was thinking, what if she would have told God, no, or what if she would have waited until she had her testimony? And then she said, whenever it ends the way I want it to end, then I'll do your part. I'll do the part that you're asking me to do. So, wow, what what a testimony within itself that you trusted God enough to do what he asked you to do. And then he turned around and blessed you in ways that you couldn't have imagined because you obeyed him. Because you obeyed him, he was faithful to you. So I love that so much. The crazy thing is, is how far back that particular thing goes because I start, I did the same thing, man, what if, what if I hadn't done that? What if I hadn't sung the song or shared the testimony? And then I go back even further and say, well, what if I hadn't decided to say yes to going on tour? Because that was a big step of faith and it, no tour means I wouldn't have been standing on that platform at the time. And then I went back even further and I was like, man, what if I had never taken that step of faith for to even start recording and releasing my own music because that was a big ordeal. Like I wrestled and wrestled and wrestled with that before I finally started just testing the doors. And it just reminded me that when the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, like it is so true. You have to just trust that, that all of these things in your life are working together beyond what we can even imagine. Like who would have thought that music would be connected to my family growing? I wouldn't, I never in a million years thought stepping out to record and release music would bring my daughter into my life, but God knew, and he's able to connect all of these pieces and all of these things that we cannot even think of. So like my story, like I said, that I come up with, um, that I think is so great is just so not great compared to the God that's able to see way beyond what I could ever see or imagine and, and intricately weave these things together to create such a beautiful story, but it requires all of us to say yes, to say yes to whatever it is that he's asking you to do, to not be afraid to try the door, to test things, to take those steps of faith, because when we do that, he's able to work things out like beyond what we could ever possibly imagine. So that again, too, has just taught me, man, you just, you keep saying yes and keep trusting the Lord because you don't even know what all is connected and how saying yes in one area of your life can completely change and impact something in a, what you think is a disconnected area of your life. It's crazy how God can connect the things that we don't even think are connected, you know, like again, music and my family. He's just able to weave all of those things together and create a beautiful story that is just I don't know, so special and so amazing. And he didn't stop there because less than a year later, or it was actually just over a year after Asha was born, we had another pastor's wife approach us and say, uh, do you guys want more kids? <laughs> and I was like, of course we do. And she was like, well, how about in two weeks? <laughs> and I was like, um, well, Asha just turned one like a week ago. So let us talk about this and pray about it and see if we feel like we can do this if we're ready. So we took a weekend. She told us on Friday. And so we ended up, you know, going through Monday and on Monday, again, we decided, okay, God, if you want to do this, we know that this next year is going to be really challenging having two so close in age. Um, they're 13 months apart. But if you want us to do this, then we'll say yes. We want a family. We started later in life. I am 34. My husband just turned 42. So we're like, if we want more than one, we might as well, you know, get it all out of the way as quick as possible. <laughs> so a similar situation to Asha, a less flashy story maybe, but still very cool. Um, with this this one, we we said yes. So we, we went to Mississippi this time. Our girls are Southern babies. Um, we went to Mississippi and I got to meet her birth mom before she was born this time, which was very cool because I was invited to be in the delivery room and I oh, got wow. bored and I got to do golden hour 
And that was just such an amazing experience. So cool. So um, Yaren came into our lives in that way. And again, through a connection that my husband had actually been a youth pastor at a church. And it was that, that particular church that this family was connected to. So that was pretty cool. And a lot of people, of course, especially after adding year and two have reached out or messaged me about adopting or, you know, saying, Hey, we're going through infertility, but we're, we're thinking about adoption. First off, I highly recommend it. <laughs> there might be a lot of waiting and there might be a lot of, um, times where you just don't understand what in the world God is doing or what's going on. But when you let him write the story and work things out, it really is an amazing and beautiful thing. And our girls are just, I mean, I couldn't imagine having not had them myself. Like I forget that, that they didn't come from my body, (laughs) that they just are such a part of us. They're such a part of our lives and we love them so, so, so much. They bring so much joy and happiness. And just a side note here, for those of you who are debating even having kids, I've, I've talked to a lot of people that are kind of in my age group and younger, and it seems like nowadays there's just this decision, do we want to have kids or not? It's not even always a matter of if we can or can't, but it's, do we want to? Yes, you do. (laughs) Until you're holding your own children, you have no idea, um, and you might go on and be content having never known, but I guarantee you, if you will, if you just grow your family, have babies, God intended us to, um, you will not regret it. It is the best thing ever. It's a lot of hard work. You're going to be tired. (laughs) There's going to be days where you might cry, but it is also the best thing ever and just brings so much joy. So people have asked us, you know, like, what did you do? Did you use an agency? Did you, you know, who did you go through? How did it all happen? What do we need to do? And yes to all of the things we did. We used a consultant group for a while through them. They connected us with the agency where our first failed adoption happened. But ultimately how God added to our family was through word of mouth. It's people knew where we were and what we were doing. So my recommendation is just to prepare yourself, prepare, like start off with getting your home study completed. Make sure that if an opportunity comes your way, you can say yes without having to scramble, just get yourself ready and prepared and then let people know what you're doing. And if you want to go through an agency, great. If you want to use a consultant group, great. If you want to, um, you know, I recommend letting people in your life know pastors, pastors, wives, other ministry friends, family, people in your community, just let people know so that they understand that the opportunity is there because you never know where God's going to bring that, you know, fulfillment of adding to your family from, it could be from somebody that, you know, and you just don't know the, the big thing for us is that we were ready. And both times when the opportunity presented itself, Um, we could say yes without having to scramble and go, oh, we don't have this done. We don't have that done. We just made ourselves ready and let God do the rest. And that's true in every area of our lives. We have to prepare ourselves, make sure we're ready. And when we let him know that, okay, God, I've done everything I can do. Now the rest is up to you. He will always come through when the time is right. And the same is true if you're trying to grow your family, however you choose to do that. Um, And if it's through adoption, just get yourself ready. Show him, God, we're ready. Our home is ready. Our hearts are ready. And now we're just going to wait. And we're going to trust that when the time is right, you are going to do your thing and our family will grow when you're ready for it too. Yes. I've heard not too long ago, someone was saying your gifts will make room for you, but you need to make room for your gift. God will give you what you're asking for. He will give you the desires of your heart. But if you're not ready for that to come and he can see that you're not ready for it and you're not prepared, then he can't give it to you yet. So saying that, you know, makes me think of that, that it'll come. Your prayers will be answered, but sometimes you have to do the part on your end to get that to happen. And you guys did, and you were ready for it. Now you do have two under two. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for answering all my prayers and overwhelming me at the same time, (laughs) proving that I need your strength over and over again. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So you are talking about, you do these tours and you do music and you do all the things. 
How has having children affected your ministry? Well, there's been a lot of re-evaluation <laughs> that has to take place. With Asha, before we added Yaren, I continued to travel and take her with me. My sister travels as well with me, basically as <laughs> an anti-nanny. <laughs> and so I just said, decided as long as things are still working, we'll keep doing what we're doing and saying yes, you know, and going, you know, walking through those doors of ministry. And so that did work all the way up through. We added Yaren. We've just recently tested doing some stuff with all of them. And honestly, it's not all working. And that's okay because I knew that at the moment things are not working well, I need to start saying no to other things because now the priority in my life is going to be my children. And if things aren't working for them, then they're not working for me either. So I think adding children and then balancing, I don't like the word balancing, but <laughs> um, managing family and ministry together, like they are one thing. So they have to work together. And if they're not working together, something has to change. And we also pastor a church and, and all of those things as well. So I've just had to be more intentional about, okay, God, what is working? What's not working? What should I say yes to? What do I need to say no to? And also be okay saying no and missing some so-called opportunities with the understanding that that doesn't mean that God is going to forget about me and that those same opportunities are never going to come back again. He still sees us exactly where we're at. Just because one season looks a little different doesn't mean that, that again, the season won't change and I'll get more opportunities to do you know, some traveling and ministering outside of our home church again. But ultimately, um, my family's got to come first and my kids have to come first. So if that means slowing down for their sake, then so be it, because that's what being a parent <laughs> is all about. And that's what having a family looks like. I've got to make sure that that they're being taken care of, that they're being put first. And so family's going to come first. The girls are going to come first. And Anything else is just going to be an added bonus. You know, if I, if I can fit something in um, or feel like God is really wanting me to do something, then I'll say yes to it. If not, then I have to learn to say no to some things in this season. So true of life and motherhood. You know, life is full of seasons. So just because we're in a barren season doesn't mean we're always going to be there. And we're in a bountiful season doesn't mean we're always going to be there. And having to say no, you're not always going to be there. <laughs> But it's a good thing to be saying no to, to have those sweet little girls. And I know that your story has blessed so many people. And I'm so grateful that you say yes to things like this in this podcast and being on the Unashamedly You podcast, because you're telling others that being yourself and walking in your story, there's no need to be ashamed. I know sometimes infertility is something that we may be shameful. It can be something that's shameful for women, or you don't want to share, you don't want to tell, or, you know, other seasons in life that we go through can bring shame when they're really not supposed to. It's a part right. of our testimony and not being ashamed of what God is doing in our lives and the testimony that he is going to fulfill because whenever he brings his promise and he always will, yes. um, whenever he does those things and he fulfills that, then it's letting other people know what, what led up to it. And so not being ashamed to walk in those moments. So if you're in the moments where she was talking about at the beginning of her story, where you're lost, you're confused, you're hurt. It's okay to walk in that part of your testimony. It's okay to own that part of your story because there's another part that's coming. God mm -hmm. is going to fulfill his promise. I'm reminded of the scripture in Isaiah 40, 31, it says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Thank you so much, Brittany, for sharing your story of how you waited on the Lord and he renewed your strength and he gave you a beautiful family. We love your girls and we're so grateful that you are a part of Unashamedly You. Thank you. So if you've been listening to this podcast today and you are waiting on a promise, you're in that waiting period, I just want you to listen to the words of this song and let it remind you, he has never broke a promise and he never will. Though we have 
Yeah,